Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a conversation with my friend, Dr. Libby Quinn, who is also known as the women's psychologist over on Instagram. She has been on the podcast a couple of times now, and each time it is such an honor to chat with her, hear her thoughts, her experiences, and just learn from her and with her as well. And so in today's conversation, we are speaking about something that is going on for Libby right now. And when Libby and I caught up in real life, I said to her, we have to have this chat online because there was just so many good things coming up that I knew other women in particular would be able to relate to. So it is a conversation between two friends about a topic that I think a lot of you will connect to. Now, before we dive into my chat with Libby, I wanted to take a minute to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Esme Skincare. Esme have been part of my skincare routine for years now. I'm such a fan of their products. And if you have jumped over to our Christmas gift guide, you will see that I have featured them again this year in my gift guide because anytime I think about the perfect present for someone... Esme just comes straight into my brain because it's such nice skincare. And I've never, ever, ever had anyone say to me that they didn't love their Esme product. They really do have something for everyone and for every kind of skin goal or skin concern. And I know that a lot of listeners of the podcast are in a similar age bracket to me. You're either in your early 30s, late 30s, perhaps your early 40s, or maybe you're joining us in your 20s. Whatever time it is really is a great time to look after the skin that you're in. I know for me, when I turned 30, I made a little pact with myself that I would really, really start to take care of my skin because I noticed other people around me just a little bit older and I noticed what a difference it makes to the skin texture, the skin look, and also your skin confidence when you have spent the time and resources in really looking after that skin. So 
It has been on my radar for a couple of years and that's why I have been using Esme. I love their range of cleansers and skin treats and also their face masks as well. There's something so um, luxurious about their products that it really does add just a little bit of luxury to the everyday. And so if you would like to try Esme or perhaps stock up, if you are an avid Esme fan, my discount code is LOVEKYLIE, all in capitals, and you can take 15% off site-wide except for products that are the SPF or the rose gold oil or gift cards. But everything else on the website, you can use the code LOVEKYLIE for 15% off. If I was going to suggest one product, oh, it's hard to even suggest just one, but if I was going to, I would say have a look at the 24 karat gold nourishing oil. It is my all-time favorite skin treat. And what a nice gift to give to someone this season, whether it's your mother-in-law, your sister-in-law, a teacher if you really love them. Um, but yeah, you can use that code LOVEKYLIE for 15% off. Now, let's get into my conversation with the beautiful Libby Quinn. I really hope you enjoy this chat. Um, we do go off on a couple of different tangents. We speak about making big decisions, limiting beliefs, being the own, being um, the gatekeeper, excuse me, to our own pleasure and happiness. We talk about being a fun mum. There's a lot in there. So I hope that you love it. As always, it would mean the world to me if you do take a screenshot and pop it on your Instagram stories right now. Tag me at Kylie Camp so I can see where you are and what you're up to. And I can also repost it on my Instagram stories as well. So let's get into it. Libby, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast again. I think this is round three. Yes, thank you so much for having me again, Kylie. Yeah, I've I've kind of lost count. Could even be more than three times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, you're welcome anytime. Anytime I can have a chat with you over on the podcast, I'm thrilled and also in real life as well. And when we did catch up in real life recently and we went for a walk, one of the topics that we were we're kind of unpacking and we were unpacking it very quickly because we had a limited, <laughs> a limited time frame. But we were just speaking about your most recent decision, which I'm going to let mm. you explain. And I just left our walk and our talk thinking, oh my gosh, this is, it's so inspiring that you're taking this action and that you're being so vulnerable in sharing everything that goes along with it. And that's when I said to you, we need to have this chat on the podcast. Like, <laughs> More women need to hear this. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your journey. And can you share with our community why today is such a timely day to have this chat? Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, I'm quite emotional right now after that and have all the goosebumps, I suppose, because today's really timely because it is officially my last day in the clinic, um, practicing as a clinical psychologist for a little while. So it feels, um, yeah, quite momentous (laughs) in a lot of ways. It is. How long have you been practicing in that clinic for? Um, So I've been practicing um, as, you know, within the Women's Psychology Clinic, which I created, it'll be coming up to two years. So, yeah, two years in that capacity and I've been practising as a psychologist, I think, for 11 years. So it's um, 
something that understandably I've really identified with as my work, as my work role is very much in that capacity of one-on-one face-to-face work um, and thoroughly love it. It's just so soul-giving being able to do this kind of work. But, yes, this year I've experienced lots of internal changes um, which has, yeah, led me to make some big decisions around my work, which is quite scary, to be honest. It is. And four weeks-ish ago, you shared on your stories this announcement, this new direction, and you just mentioned you've had so many internal changes and now you're at a point where those internal changes are leading to external changes. So can you share with us what it is that you spoke about on your stories when you popped up this announcement? (laughs) Yeah, so what I spoke about was um, essentially saying that I had made the decision to close my clinic, I've said for six months, um, so I'll be ceasing um, face-to-face one-on-one work because since I created the, the Women's Psychology Clinic two years ago and came back to work after having my second son, I was also so keenly aware of how much, um, yeah, online access to courses and programs and content, how much that was allowing um, psychological support or or all forms of different support to be really accessible to individuals. Um, And it was something that I was kind of, yeah, really interested in, curious about, fascinated by, Um, but at the same time had a lot of limiting beliefs around that I wasn't someone that could do that. So um, I stuck to what I knew, which was uh, face-to-face client work. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, But all the while for that past two years, I've just had that whisper in the back of my mind, um, you know, saying what you're really passionate about is creating work. It's writing, creating content. And, yeah, unknowingly I had a lot of self-imposed rules under the surface um, saying, well, you know, I've got to try and meet the kind of community demands, um, continue to stay in this role of seeing people face-to-face because that's who I am as a psychologist. Um, So I unknowingly had these really rigid beliefs under the surface um, and I was just listening to them. So I had that at play as well as, yeah, that whisper underneath saying, come on, what you really want to be doing is something more creative as well. So, yeah. And I think it's something that a lot of women, or not just women, people in general can relate to when you have this, you know, job that is for you, I feel it's so much more than a job because it is a passion for you. And I, it could just pause out of you. You're so passionate about <laughs> women's wellness and their rights and, empowering women to understand thoughts, feelings, emotions, actions, why we are the way we are and all of that jazz. But I think so many people can relate to the sentiment here of being in a job and being grateful for the job, Mm, mm. liking the job, working so hard to get into that job. Mm. And you've been a psychologist for over a decade. It is part of, like you said, your working identity. It's what you do. Mm. It's your role. And so you've got this, you've got two kids, you've got a husband, you've got bills to pay, you've got a job Mm. that you like, that you're grateful for. And then something just keeps dropping in for you, (laughs) like a a little whisper, a little knowing of, hey, Libby, look at this. 
hey, Libby, like just, you know, little things popping up. And I can even see from the outside as someone who has gotten to know you mm-hmm. online and then in real life as well a little bit, I can see as well like things around you would be dropping in for you to act like little cosmic winks and nods and <laughs> saying to you, hey, 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 you've just connected with this person who works in the online space or hey, you've just dipped your toes in here. I can mm. see how those things would be like trying to get your attention. So what I would love to know is how did you then begin to look at the beliefs that were holding you back? Because I imagine for so many people, they pop up, you know, it pops up of going, well, yeah, sure. You could go off and do that, but you should just really be very grateful because a lot of people don't have a job that they don't, that they like. Mm -hmm. So how did you start to unpack, I guess, what you were saying, those self-imposed rules of going, well, you've got enough. Like how did you Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to, you know, look out and think, yeah, you know what, maybe I could have some more. Mm. Yeah, great question. And I'd like to I, I, I'd like to say that I was really clever and listened to those whispers and thoughts early on, um, but I wasn't so clever. This is something that I have probably struggled with, you know, for so many years and, and probably a lot of individuals do where you do have those whispers, you do have these heartfelt desires Um, but maybe there's been that patterning or conditioning to do the right thing. Um, And, yeah, it's something that I'd like to think that I've challenged quite a bit within myself, but it's quite a longstanding belief um, to to do the right thing and, like what you say, to be grateful for what I do have um, and to kind of just keep performing in line with those rules and beliefs. Um, So how did I start to yeah, notice it and become aware of it. It wasn't until I actually started experiencing intense physical body pain (laughs) Mm. um, that I listened. So yeah, those whispers had been there all along. And like what you said, I've um, really thrived and loved connecting with other women um, in online spaces. And there's been so many wonderful opportunities, um, not least with yourself, Kylie. And yeah, all of that's been these little winks and signs to say, yep, this is really um, fun and exhilarating and it lights me up. Um, but I wasn't aware that, yeah, I had these rules of, you know, well, this is how you do work, Libby. You go to work, you see people face to face, and that's just the way it needs to keep happening. And I had this belief under the surface that my plan, so to speak, to be able to do this online work was I was meant to try and fit that in. Um, kind of what people might call a side hustle, I suppose, Mm -hmm. Um, in early mornings, late at night, um, you know. Yeah, just get it done, sleep when you're dead. Oh, my goodness, (laughs) yes, yeah, which I do feel is there's still a bit of messaging out there around that um, Mm. where, you know, the modern woman, we want to be able to be there for our families, we want to be able to um, obviously bring in financial contribution, which is, you know, essential at times. Uh, But then if we've got this creative idea and process and project, we're meant to fit that in um, around everything else. And I I was trying to do that and it wasn't until I experienced physical pain because I essentially burnt out that I was like, whoa, what am I doing? (laughs) Mm. Um, It was a massive wake-up call. You know, I went to hospital for repeated tests um, and couldn't find anything wrong with me. Um, 
And this was an experience I had six years ago as well when I was burnt out. It was just showing up in my body. So that was my big wake-up call to just go, okay, it's because I've got these limiting beliefs under the surface that, um, you know, this is the way I do work and I need to keep acting in line with this. And, yeah, it, it was the physical pain that was a wake-up. I think it's so fascinating how our internal dis-ease can show up as actual disease like it feels like a disease like it comes it shows up in our body and I've mentioned this before in the podcast there's Mm. that great book you know the body keeps the score yeah and it's so true and I've experienced this and we've spoken about this Mm. you know just in private like Mm. this last year and a half with all of the stress and everything that I've gone through it has had so many effects on my physical body and Mm. that is when you just can't deny it anymore you know you can push the stress down you can Mm. you can try and hide it but when you are actually having debilitating aches and pains and unexplainable ailments popping Mm. up you can't deny and there's so much evidence now that supports this that connection between your cognitive, I guess, functioning and, Mm. you know, your mental health and wellness and your physical health and wellness. So when that pain started popping up for you, did you know, okay, this is a little sign of burnout or were you kind of thinking, okay, no, I have a health problem now. (laughs) I'm just curious. Yes. I I sway between the two, you know, I've had these things pop up and on one day Libby, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to get to the bottom of this. What is going on with my health? And then on another day, I'll be like, the more I focus on this, the worse it gets. Like, and it's not really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not explaining it yes. well. No, but I were, you, were, you a, were you aware that the pain you were feeling physically was because of dis-ease in your, um, I guess, in your, just internal dis-ease? Mm. Yeah, I had a little inkling um, when I did start to have the pain. Like, again, there was that little side whisper. Let's call her my wise mind. She was <laughs> she, she was probably quite aware of what was happening. So I was like, oh, is this stress? Is this burnout? But then the pain, and this I think is what affects so many individuals, the pain was so real. Um, and I'd like to think I've got a pretty good pain threshold, as a lot of women do. And so when it was getting to the point where, um, yeah, it was just unmanageable that I was like, no, this is a very real health problem, which is why I then went down the path of um, seeing specialists and multiple tests. And, yeah, that it, it wasn't until then I had exhausted all, <laughs> all tests, essentially, like once I'd had kind of everything MRI the due diligence. Yeah. oh my goodness yes and the doctor's like um you're okay and still I was like no you're just you're not you're not seeing it <laughs> right but then I was like hang on a second let me just pause for a moment and have a think about what has happened this year um and you know there's no denying Kylie for I would say every individual this year it has been big And um, thanks to the impact of coronavirus, it's really, yeah, affected so many individuals in lots of different ways. And for myself as a psychologist and a lot of other psychologists I know, um, our work has been in huge demand, which um, like more than ever before, I would say. And as psychologists, 
you know, naturally being individuals that are quite givers, um, then we've responded to those calls essentially. So when I paused and looked back on it, I was like, oh, okay. I actually started this year with intentions to have clearer boundaries um, with only taking on certain clients and still keeping time set aside for creative work or time for myself. But when that pandemic hit um, and the wave of so many women in need, um, I flexed those boundaries. And at the time, and I think this is something that happens for many individuals, at the time you start off feeling good. <laughs> so when you flex boundaries, maybe in a work capacity or other capacity, you know, you go, no, I've got this, I can handle this, we're doing all right, this feels good. Um, but all the while that you're doing more or pushing on boundaries, it's, it is taking its toll without you being able to see or feel the effect of it until it's too late. Mm. And when you say flex boundaries, Libby, you mean flex as in become more flexible and lapse on them. Yeah. Not so yes. not so much flex them as in hard and as like a muscle. muscle. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I became um basically those boundaries dropped. So um yeah, I took on more clients which um again had other areas in my life been different as well, I could have handled that. So say pre pre having children. I would have been able to handle it because there would have just been more space and emotional capacity in different ways. But yeah, well, having so many, boundaries. so many layers on top of your boundaries. Like, you know, you think about parenting, work, relationships, pandemic, holding space to your clients, wanting to do create creative things. Like it's just every single layer that you put on top of that boundary. No wonder they became more flexible and gave way. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's the kind of thing I think with burnout, it's it's not until it's gone too far that you realize the impact that it's had and that you're I mean in some ways as I've spoken about with other things Kylie when it comes to adversity, it's a there's a huge gift in it. There's a huge gift when we burn ourselves out to that degree because physically our bodies are saying you can't keep doing this you can't keep going and it's unfortunate that I think for so many women myself included um that it gets to that point but I feel like the gift is is when you're at that point our bodies are so clever um you know that it, essentially our body is screaming at us to just say you can't keep operating in this way mm. so what are you going to do <laughs> absolutely and I'm such a big fan of that saying you know the universe sends you a feather then it sends you a brick oh, and then it sends you the truck the truck and absolutely the truck is the body stuff I reckon for mm. a lot of us and so mm. can I just ask when you made the decision then to you know step back from your clinic for six months and really go into this world of creativity and trying something new for the next six months. When mm. you gave yourself permission to do that, did you see a direct correlation to your health concerns? Like did the pain magically go away? Like how has that transpired? Yes, that's such a good question. So it was when I had, when I had the pain and then once all the tests were exhausted and my health was completely okay, I was like, okay, clearly there's something else going on here. Um, and that was when I look back now in my journal, I started to just really ask myself the question of, um, you know, what do I really want? What do I really need? What's best for me? If fear didn't exist, 
what would I be doing? Um, what do I want my life to feel like? And it just kept coming up of I need to press pause on client work. I really want to do creative work. Like I look back now on my journal and there was just like that consistent theme. So it actually wasn't until, and I think this is something that many mothers probably in particular might struggle with because I think it's very hard to get the physical space sometimes to think clearly. It wasn't until my husband um, took our boys, you know, for a couple of days up to see family. So I had effectively three nights to myself, (laughs) which was huge. Um, And I really spent that time like just on my own and journaling and listening to myself. And it was in that, that it just, it crystallized. It came up so clearly that I was like, I can do this. I, I, no one else is making me (laughs) go to work and operate in this way. My husband is super supportive of me just doing what makes me happy. Um, And, you know, we're lucky enough to be financially in a position where I don't have to be doing that, um, you know, kind of given the busyness of this this year as well. It set me up for the end of this year and next year. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I really came back to that truth of who's making you do this. Mm. And, it, yeah, it was then that I had that kind of light bulb moment just so clearly. You know when you just – it's like you've had the thought, but it's something quite poignant when you're able to be on your own – for a good chunk of time and just sit in that truth. Oh, it just provides like, clarity. I think when yeah. you turn down the background noise of life yeah. and the background noise is great. Like we love it. That is part of life. You know, the, the mm. I was going to say hamster wheel, but that's probably not a nice way to describe <laughs> motherhood, Kylie. <laughs> well, you I don't, you don't like that at times. You know what I mean? Sometimes yes. it does feel like you're just, you're going, 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 oh. going, but you're not really, you don't necessarily feel like you're making that much progress because it's all of the little nitty gritty things of motherhood and you know so many of us we wanted the husband we wanted the kids we wanted this job we wanted this life but Mm -hmm. we've not actually paused recently for the season we're in and Mm -hmm. asked ourselves hey what do you want and what do you Mm -hmm. need right now so I totally know what you're saying about it It just crystallizes like it just like yeah like it just clicked into place for you and it was like oh all those pieces have been floating around but the silence has allowed me to go now I see clearly yes. and it's like a light goes on and you're like, ah, oh, I see the path that's, you know, yes. that, that is potentially in front of me rather than just, you know, that saying you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I think is just like a critical ingredient for probably, yeah, I, I say mothers in particular because I do think um, in our role as mothers, regardless of our children's age, it, it's a role where um, we, we're, we're giving endlessly. We're meeting the demands of little ones and um, then with all the oh. other extra demands as well. It just it gets hard to find that space to think. Absolutely. We're so tangled up in our children, um, mm. which can be an absolutely beautiful thing. But when you do have that little bit of space and, you know, for you it was the three days that you mm. you got the chance to do that. But for some people, it could even just be starting the habit of taking a five-minute pause, a five-minute breather, hiding in the bathroom. Like just start to practice carving out those little moments to allow your thoughts to, you might not have massive life-changing thoughts drop in, but just, you know, a bit of clarity surrounding certain things. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it was in that moment that it crystallised for me, but there had, you know, sometimes we often feel like we have made a decision quickly, but we fail to realise how much has gone on in the background prior to that point. Yeah, um, what's gotten you there? Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, 100% to me, it had been honestly like little five, 10-minute chunks of journaling <laughs> here and there of asking myself that question of what do I want? What do I want my life to feel like? If fear didn't exist, what would I do? And it was from all those collective experiences of journaling um, that that truth kept coming up for me. And then, yes, it was in that kind of, yeah, consistent chunk of space, physical space that I got that it became so clear. And I think what then happened for me was just that understanding of I was making the rules and I could break them. And I think as I know you believe so strongly about Kylie and you speak about for your own journey as well. Um, when we really just hang on to the fragility of life, that idea of mm -hmm. um, if I don't do this now, like when is it going to happen? When's, when's that, when's that right time, so to speak. So I think, um, yeah, I, 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 it crystallized for me and then I also took responsibility for it. I, you know, instead of kind of waiting for permission from someone else or for something else to happen, um, I was just like, no, I, I need to do this for me. I need to make this decision. And in the time since then, since it crystallized and mm. have, you know, put things into place, it, have you noticed an improvement with those aches and pains yes. and ailments? Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah. I have, absolutely. So it was interesting that those three nights I had to myself and when I, I made the decision, so it was no longer a whisper, it was no longer, oh, should I? Um, my husband came back and I just said, this is what I'm doing. And he's like, awesome. Thank you for, <laughs> for getting yourself there. And so it was when I made that decision, I just felt this complete, it's hard to describe, but I suppose I hadn't realised how much I had been harbouring this um, internal pressure um, which I think was definitely giving rise to stress and pain in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I made that decision, it was like that someone had just released this valve and the pressure just escaped. Um, and, yeah, there's been – I've had niggling pain here and there and it's interesting that's come up when I have um, been putting pressure on myself there's such well. a connection there such is. a connection yeah. like it's got to it's got to come out somewhere right like it has yeah. to yeah it has absolutely. To. that's amazing yeah. and so one of the ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Other things that you mentioned in your Instagram stories when you spoke about your decision, and people can jump over to your Instagram account and watch this on your highlight reels, which mm. I'll put your handle um, in the show notes as well for ease. But you spoke about how you had this belief of 
you had to earn your mothering stripes before you could actually start to do things that you wanted to do. And I was thinking on that this morning as I was pottering around and I was thinking it's so interesting that belief of we have to earn it. And I think Mm. for a lot of our generation, you know, like our our mom, like I'll I'll speak for me, I think, you know, I saw my mom giving so much Mm. to us three children and nothing really to herself. And it's like if that's the path that you're shown, then, of course, you think that's normal and the path that you'll go down as well. So it does feel, you know, there's resistance and it feels icky and it feels like you're going the wrong way if you do it differently. And I thought it was really interesting the way you spoke about you had this belief and you, with all of your amazing knowledge, (laughs) you had this belief that you Mm. had to to wait a certain amount of time before you could start living your life. And this is, Mm. I guess you know well living part of your life and this is what I guess you and I was you were saying when you spoke about the fragility of life I got Mm. to a point like two years ago where I was like I don't want to be waiting for something to be over Mm. before I live and do what I want to do and it sounds like you had a similar thing going on with this whole earning your right as a mum Yes, absolutely. And it was that was one of the big limiting beliefs that I hadn't realized was at play for myself um, because I, yeah, had unknowingly been subscribing to this um, kind of ideal of the modern mother. (laughs) I really didn't realise I was subscribing to this belief that, okay, yes, she's there for her children as much as she can. Um, She engages in some kind of work if that's what she wants to do and able to do to bring in some kind of financial contribution and um, she also fits in some exercise or meditation when she can and and that's it. She should be happy with that. And she can then have more space and time once all children uh, are at school. So I had that belief under the surface. And it wasn't until I had that time out for myself that I really realized how um, how damaging that belief was. And that, yeah, exactly what you said there, Kylie. I was really, um, I was living in a very contracted space. I was really limiting my own experience of life my own experience of joy and wanting to have fun and I I think even though we have come so far with um yeah broadening the concept of motherhood and what that looks like we are absolutely still affected by previous generations by what's gone into the social construct of motherhood still around the good mother sacrifices herself um, and yeah, effectively earns her stripes. You know, now's not your time to to have time for yourself, to to have fun, to do something just purely for enjoyment. And it wasn't until I sat back and really critically appraised that belief that I was like, that's just so messed up. Like, <laughs> why mm. why why should I be living in such a contracted space of depriving myself and not giving myself permission to have fun now? to do something for my well-being now like it's yeah and and that was a big eye-opener absolutely and I think so many women we do and I've certainly been in this position as well and I have to remind myself to snap out of it it's like you slip into Mm. it and then you have to snap out of it and then you slip into it it's the same thing as you know when I was speaking to Lauren White like I have to Mm. continually remind myself about 5,000 times a day to soften soften yes soften (laughs) Kylie Fox soften yeah I was gonna say I have to remind myself 
stop being the gatekeeper of your own fun. Like it's like all of a sudden we we become mums, we become adults, we have these responsibilities and it's like we firmly put this little hat on our head that says gatekeeper, gatekeeper of pleasure, gatekeeper of fun, (laughs) you know, make keeper of all responsibility. And it's our own doing. And it's like you said, you know, when your hubby came back from giving you the, you know, taking the kids to visit family and he came back and you said, this is what I'm doing. And he was like, cool, I'm on board. So Mm. many people think it's people in their life that are stopping them from making the decision. Mm. And really it's us, like we're putting ourselves in this container. Yes, absolutely. We, we're the gatekeepers to, to our own happiness and wellbeing. And I think it's, um, it's something that it's interesting. I've worked with so many other mothers on um, and I just hadn't really realized how much I was withholding that for myself. And I value like one of my biggest values, like when I come back to kind of my own mantra, it's to serve, grow and have fun. And fuck fun went missing. Like <laughs> it just, and it does. It yeah. does. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do agree. I think there's something about we're still quite affected by this social construct of motherhood um where you know that just doesn't fit in the equation as much as we might value it and want that for them for ourselves and want that for other mothers there's still this sense of um you know to go and chase after more fun and to say no to productivity to say no to work to say no to doing that it feels really unfamiliar it feels really scary um but as we've touched on before you know, if the limiting belief is I'm a mother and I need to earn my stripes, I can't have fun yet, um, there's always so much to do, that's a really limiting belief. And the only way that that will be broken down is to do an action that challenges that. And you know what I just was going to add to that, something that just popped in for me when you were speaking then, Libby, was I think you know, when we do have this belief of I've got to earn my stripes, I'll get my kids to school, then it'll be my time. Mm. I have seen and experienced a little bit myself, but I've seen Mm. it firsthand. So many parents get their kids to school and then they have a fucking crisis because they don't (laughs) have their kids at home. No, it's true. I've seen it. Yes. They have this crisis because they, Mm. for so many years, they thought when my kids go to school, I'm going to, you know, things are going to change. Things are going to shift. Their kids go to school and they realize because they haven't, um, you know, I'll borrow your expression because they haven't flexed this muscle of mm. being fun or doing things for themselves. It feels wrong and they feel guilty mm. and they don't tap into it. And then they spend the whole, you know, they don't actually do the things that they imagine they were going to do because it doesn't exist. It's in this far off land. And, you know, these are the things that I've been thinking about. We really are what we do, not what we mm. say we're going to do. You know, like you can't be like, I'm going to be fun and I'm going to look after myself when my kids go to school. Yeah. That's not happened. That's an imaginary la-la land. You need to do it now if you've got a shot at doing it then as well. Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, as, as we know, it's something that, um, yeah, if we want to be able to have more of it, we need to start to take even small steps in that direction now to open up that stream of being Um, And the interesting thing is I know that for so many of us as mothers and parents, we really, we're we're so invested in wanting to be a a good parent. You know, we're wanting the best for our children. We're wanting to know that we're doing our best for them. And, you know, the more that I kind of move through this experience myself, the more it's just becoming so clear that if that's a big value and priority for me, 
I have to come first. I have to, I have to show my boys what it's like to be a parent and have fun. I have to show my boys that it's okay to say no to productivity. Um, if that, if I, if I want them to grow up with those values, essentially, it's, you know, it's very much that truth of we can't say one thing to our children and then live something different to that because they're they're going to soak up what we're living that's what they're going to learn completely which is as I just said it's the whole thing I've been thinking about like Mm. we are what we do not what we say we're going to do and so on a really practical level because I know so Mm. many of our listeners are women with like so many of our listeners are women or they've got children but I how do you do that so what does that look like for you in terms of instilling that value of fun on a day-to-day level what does it look like yeah great great question so I think the more I've been delving into having more fun of late since making this decision I think a big part of it is um letting go of the idea that my worth is tied up in um my productivity that my worth is tied up in outcomes. Um, That's a bit of that lingering perfectionism where we get a dopamine kick for completing tasks, um, whatever that might be, if it's around the home, getting sheets washed, all of that stuff. Um, It's actually acknowledging all of that stuff's going to be there. We can do that at the same time, but opening up a stream of fun where, you know, firstly I would say trying to be in the moment as much as you can. So, um, you know, we know that the more we're bringing our conscious awareness to the present moment, we're not getting carried away by thoughts of what we should be doing or what's next or what's happened. We're just able to really be in the moment, um, which means whatever we're doing, we can have fun with. Like we can bring lightness and fun even into the most mundane tasks. Um, And it's just been, and, and I think particularly with our children, like, you know, being with my boys is, a huge space where I can have fun um, and that's just you know being able to switch on that thought space of I can chase them around the house I can um, you know spray water at them like stuff that they so do so easily themselves it's kind of being more childlike ourselves like kind of taking a few pages out of their books because kids know how to have fun and I really actually kind of yeah try to observe my boys and what they're doing and just go, I I can join in on that. I can start that. I can be the instigator of fun. So, yeah, practical steps, I would say, being in the moment and then being able to think about in all of the mundane tasks that you're doing, how can you bring more fun and lightness to it and having the understanding that I really believe our lives are meant to have a huge element of fun in them. It's not all about progressing ticking goals, productivity, reaching outcomes. You know, we can have that on the side for growth, impact and expansion, absolutely, but we need to have, to be pouring in just as much energy into fun as well. Um, and for me, yeah, fun is also taking the form of, uh, you know, being able to take myself down to the beach and go swimming. Um, you know, I used to think that exercise was my fun. <laughs> And whilst I enjoy it and it gives me a good dopamine release, um, I've needed to really expand my sense of what fun means. It I means am cool. right there with you. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I was just like sitting here just smiling like, yeah. Yep, that's yes. been a big one for me as well. It's like yes. if you if you start to ask yourself the question of, hey, what's fun for me, 
and you, you are stumped and the only thing that you can come up with is my exercise is my fun no it's like when women say to me oh going and getting a haircut or an eyebrow wax is my ver-, you know it's their version of me time I'm like no 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 that's like that's just living like you need to get a haircut you, you have a right to get a yeah. wax like yes. it's, it's kind yes. of that that sort of thing um for Absolutely. me I guess when it comes to going yes I enjoy exercise but it's not actually a fun pursuit that adds silliness and I think that's been a big yeah. one for me Libby is noticing I think I, over the last, you know, since becoming a mum and then everything, mm. all the trials and tribulations, I became quite hard and uptight. Mm. And so something that I find myself repeating is the soften, you know, soften, yeah. soften, relax, drop back into your feminine, soften, but also be silly. And yeah. I just love it. And, like, I yeah. actually make a point of just each day trying to be, like, a little bit, silly and it doesn't come naturally Mm. to me but Mm. I enjoy it when I do Um, and so I would say I would offer that as well for anyone listening try and be silly like you know and it does it feel it feels unnatural to move your body in a way that you haven't in a while but it's also so good for you and another thing I think when it comes to just noticing opportunities for fun and living Mm. in the moment do something different and Mm. it can be as little as you know I have a walk that I do and it's the same walk, but I always make a point of going slightly in a different direction in terms of I'll go down a beach eggs that I've not been down before and come up somewhere that I've not before. And just noticing new surroundings for me, that sparks a little bit of curiosity, which leads Mm. to fun. Like just yesterday morning, I went from my normal walk, but I didn't, you know, I went down an exit that I've not been down before and I discovered this massive sand dune. And so I'm like, oh, Saturday morning, this is where I'm bringing the boys. Like I'm going to get their bodyboards. Like, you know, so you do something mm. different and then curiosity leads to creativity. And I think that that's helpful as well if you find yourself on that hamster wheel of just going through the motions all the time. Absolutely. And I love that one. And I think um, yeah, it just reminded me that that's one that I've spoken with so many mothers about, because as you can appreciate, particularly when our children are little, um, life gets every day kind of blends into the next where oh, it's just one do... long day from the time you them home. I said that yesterday on my Instagram stories. I was like, it's just one long ass day. <laughs> when is it going to end? Absolutely. And it's just, and you're treading the same path, like quite literally. And you know, I was speaking to this one mother I remember a couple of months ago and, you know, really aligning with what she was saying of just, you know, each day feels like the same. And I remember when my boys were a little bit younger, I um, had the idea to, like what you're saying there, seek out more novelty. So, um, you know, for many women pre-children, they really value travel or having different experiences. And then that gets quite challenging, obviously, once you have children. But if we engage some flexible thinking to have a think about, well, how can I get more novelty into my day? Because novelty is a huge source of, yeah, like what you say, different experiences, different opportunities. Variety. Variety, a way to get um, just kind of, yeah, positive evidence coming back in as well. And it's amazing how much more um, the world opens up when you take a different walking track or you say to the kids, we're going to this different beach or this different park, or I'm going to try out a different coffee shop. And I think for many of us, we love our, um, our habits. We love the support and the certainty of eating the same foods, doing the same stuff. Um, but it also sucks the life out of us. 
as well. So mm. I think looking for novelty in lots of different ways um, can, yeah, be a big one. And one I've leaned on a lot lately too is listening to music I enjoy. So um, thankfully my boys have not cottoned onto the fact that the Wiggles exist. And so <laughs> whenever we hop in the car, I'll put my music on so long as it's appropriate. Um, and I want them to see me singing in the car. I want yes. I want them to have that experience and it lifts my mood in the morning as we're doing the school run. It lifts their mood. Um, we, we yell out good morning to the beach as we're driving. Like it's just, it's having that realisation, like I said before, that we can bring fun into the most mundane of experiences, but it starts with giving ourselves permission to do that. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I just sat here nodding along. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's also true. I think the novelty and variety is a big one. Mm. Like you said before, we have kids, there's so much more opportunity for that spontaneity. And, mm. you know, I can say for sure, having a routine and having structure, having a routine and structure saved my life. Yeah, having twins, I needed it. But yes. it's like I, I forgot that I had moved into a different season. That was like, oh, okay, I could actually relax a little bit of that rigidity. Rigidity. Mm. I can't speak today, Libby. Um, <laughs> and it's just reminding yourself, you know, novelty, mm. variety, spontaneity doesn't have to be going on a, you know, last minute holiday with a lover. It can be a different walking path. It can be, um, you know, waking up early and getting the kids out the door for a play before school because that's something mm. that you might not normally do. Just something yes. to to mix it up a little bit and remind yourself that you do have some control. Yes, yes, absolutely, that we've got agency and I think that that's a part of um, with motherhood we get so used to understandably responding to these demands that we kind of get beaten down at times that we go, well, I have to rely on my structure and my habits and my routine because, yes, that saves mm. our ass, absolutely, but we get, we get really stuck in that. And I think I see a lot for women who struggle with perfectionism and myself included that we can just, we get imprisoned by the structure and the habits and, you know, feel that if we break away from that in any way, um, then everything's going to be out of control. So it's acknowledging still have the habits, still have the routine, still have the structure, but engage more novelty, flexibility um, to to balance that out as well. Absolutely. I love that you use the word agency instead of mm. control. I really like that distinction. And you mentioned imprisonment. And so I just wanted to encourage everyone to jump over to your stories, watch your Instagram highlight reel where you go a little deeper in sharing some, some other, I guess, blockages and ways that you might find yourself kind of imprisoned by your own beliefs um, mm. and how you broke through them because we are, we do have agency in mm. our life and sometimes we just forget it. So yes. thank you for sharing um, your experience and congratulations. Oh, thank you, Kylie. It's, um, yeah, it feels really really scary I won't lie I think it's really good that we need to talk more openly as women that things are scary <laughs> so we can normalize that it feels it feels scary but exciting so mm. it's good definitely and so you're going to be spending this six months 
working on projects that light you up and speak to that knowing and that desire that was dropping in for you and so that our community can stay up to date with what these projects are because I know so many of our listeners are going to want to be in the loop here where should they go uh yes great question so if you head to my website which i think is the womenpsychologyclinic.com there's a page there called learning i'm pretty sure and on that i've got some links for some wait lists to the courses that i'll be creating um so if you head to those links and it'll just ask you for your email and details and that just means once more information is being released you will be the first to know perfect and before you run off can I ask you a couple of rapid fire questions, although I'm running out of rapid fire questions to ask you. <laughs> we've been through, been, been through a few. <laughs> we have, we've been through it. But I do have a couple that I thought we can end this episode with if you've got an extra five minutes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so tell me, you spoke about music just then with your kids in terms of you like to pop your own songs on when you're doing the school drop-off, but what is your guilty pleasure, like karaoke, sing-along song? Oh, that is a good question. I am quite eclectic <laughs> with a lot of things, but particularly music. So, and I'm really terrible with names. Like if someone says, what's the name of that song or who's the artist? I'm like, I don't really know, but if you play it, I could sing along to it. Um, so it's kind of just, yeah, bad pop, I would say. Um, bad pop. <laughs> bad pop. You know, just anything with a really catchy tune. Um, yeah, I will I will sing along to. We've been listening to Avicii lately um, on the way to school. So that seems to get everyone in a good mood. <laughs> Love that. Now, finish this sentence for me. Parenting is dot, dot, dot. Um. <laughs> That is so good. The first word, I'll be totally honest, that came up was hard. I knew that. Um, I was like, yeah, that's like an obvious one, right? Like it's hard. It is. It is. But only because I've been having conversations with um, my husband and with girlfriends this week of just I feel like I'm in a different phase of parenting now with a three-year-old and a six-year-old where um, obviously some things have gotten really easy and we've moved out of, yeah, what was hard in a previous phase, but there's a new hard. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very much been feeling this week of like, whoa, okay, this is hard again, <laughs> hard, yeah. but joyful. Yeah. Fair. Now, yeah. do you remember what is the last thing that you Googled? Oh, last thing that I Googled, it was actually, I put it on my computer here. Um, I wanted to find out, and this is a really great book. If no one, if your um, audience is interested in reading it, I don't know if you've heard of Edith Eager, if I pronounce her name right. Um, I haven't. So she, no. she is a psychologist, and I want to say she's pushing eighty or ninety. Um, and she survived the Holocaust, and she is a phenomenal woman. And she's written two books um, that I know of. One's called The Choice, and the other one's called The Gift. And so I was just googling them to pass the details on to a client. But they, she's phenomenal. She's just yeah, love her work. So I'd highly recommend. Getting the those books and the gift. Awesome. Yeah. And making a note because I'll be pop right that up in your alley. <laughs> show notes as well. Um, okay. I would love to know what's something very small that you're grateful for, like something just on a like teeny tiny scale that you're grateful for right now. Hmm. I am 
super grateful for food, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Where I've really just been, yeah, so grateful for food this past week, just the ability to um, eat when I want to eat, choose what I enjoy eating and, and having that access to that. And so, yeah. What are you most loving at the moment? Like what's your go-to meal or snack that you're like, yes, I get to eat this? Yeah, most satisfying go-to snack, I would have to say, is um, I think it's rice thins with cashew butter. Um, like, yeah, I could leave my husband for cashew butter, basically. It's so good if you haven't had cashew butter. <laughs> so good. And syrup or honey, it's just, it's really satisfying. So I satisfying. Was just, I was just going to say, I would even go, you know what, like rice thins with, yeah, like a nut butter, but then a little bit of tahini and some maple syrup and a bit of cinnamon is like the snack of gods. <laughs> ticks, ticks all the boxes. And I'm a all little the bit boxes. weird by then. I then put a little bit of sea salt on top because it's like that yes. kind of salted caramel yeah. thing. And don't you feel like you're a bit of a chef? Like, <laughs> yes. My I husband really this the snack. kitchen he's like, what are you doing? You're putting salt on nut butter <laughs> and honey. And I'm like... Don't, don't mess with this. You do not mess with a lady and her satisfying snack. <laughs> oh, the little pleasures for yes. sure. I love yes. that. Um, and last but not least, journaling is dot, dot, dot. Oh, the first word that came into my head was life-saving. Yes, I'm so with you. Yes, it's just, and, you know, we touched on that today and I know um, I think tonight's the first night of your um journaling packed which is super exciting and it's something I encourage all of my clients to do there's amazing research base behind it of just how much it allows us to be able to see what's happening in our head to reflect from that observer and objective point of view which gives us the capacity to just um yeah take action, make decisions that are in line with our values really so journaling has saved my life so many times. <laughs> mm, I'm right there with you. Well, Libby, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear more about this stage, this season in your life, this new venture. Um, and I can't wait. I can't wait to watch oh. it all unfold. Thank you, Kylie. Your support means so, so, so much. You've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.